privilege, <clears throat> excuse me, it was a privilege to fill the pulpit. We enjoyed uh, the church service. It was a breath of fresh air. We are also thankful for the nice room that you provided us for the week of camp meeting. Also, Pastor, thank you for having us in your home for Sunday uh, lunch. Your wife outdid herself, which she always does. Uh, we appreciate the love offering that you sent us. Uh, uh, anyway, we couldn't do it without churches like yours. Please be in prayer for us as we are on deputation. I would like to thank you for the camp meeting. It will be uh, one that we will always remember. We appreciate all the hard work that was put into it. Uh, we were blessed by all of the great preaching, singing, food uh, that was prepared and everyone that served. It was great to see a church with a burden for missions and others. God bless uh, missionaries David and Susan Hickson. So we appreciate that uh, from them uh, and are praying for them as they are getting very near uh, uh, getting on the field. We have an unspoken prayer request from Connie Grindstaff, so we want to remember that. Uh, and uh, let's just open up with a word of prayer. I'm going to ask, uh, I'm going to... Uh, uh, <laughs> ask Brother Harry to come on up here and lead us in our opening in prayer and then we'll make a couple of announcements and get the choir up here. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all you've done for us, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. This morning was amazing and just filled our hearts with yes, joy and, and just loving memory of immediately this 11 o'clock service. Thank you for our preacher preaching the word of God so powerfully, Lord. And I think it touched many of us, if not all of us. Now, Lord, I want to thank you, Lord, that we serve the risen Savior. We want to pray and thank the way, the truth, and the life. Yes, dear Lord. We want to thank the resurrection and the life. Thank you, Lord, the many words, the many names we can give him. They all fit our Savior who loved us and gave himself for us. Yes, yes, dear Lord. Jesus, I like to say, Father, Jesus paid a debt he did not owe because we had a debt we couldn't pay. We thank you for this evening. I pray you bless our hearts as we hear the, the word of God preached and and the, pray, and the praise of your son, your only begotten son, is worthy of tonight. In Jesus' blessed, holy, and immaculate name we pray. Amen. 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 We're going to start out with a congregation song. Uh, but before we do that, I just want to mention a couple of things real quick. Uh, it was mentioned this morning we want to remember Men's Devotion Night coming up this Friday night in the Fellowship Hall at 6.30, and then the Young Adults Bible Study this Saturday night at 7 o'clock uh, in the Fellowship Hall. Let's remember all that. And let's be praying uh, for, uh, for Jubilee that the Lord will bless in a very, very special way. I am extremely excited about this year's Jubilee and praying that the Lord's going to use it in a great, great way. Okay, Daryl, come around and lead us in a song. Everybody stand. I'll hail the power of Jesus' name.
while we sing this last verse, then we'll have the offering. Oh, that with yonder sacred throne we at his feet may fall, we'll join the everlasting song and crown him Lord of all. We'll join the everlasting song and crown as the Lord directs, and I know he'll bless you for it. Brother Ronnie, would you ask God's blessing on the offering tonight? Page 283, oh how I love Jesus. On this last verse, come on up. It tells of one whose loving heart can feel my deepest woe. In each sorrow bears a part that none can bear below. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. 
watch the sun rise, follow the mountains where they touch the sky, ponder the vastness and the depths of the sea. to make much of me cause I am a whisper and you are the thunder and I want to make much of you Jesus I want to make much of your love I want to live today to give you the praise you alone are so Give you my life, take it and let
to somebody while the choir comes down. Amen. It's great to be in the house of the Lord on the Sunday night after Bible school. And I make a comment on that because uh, I know some of you folks are probably worn out and tired from the week of Bible school. I remember very well, uh, I went out to Texas. That's where, I met my, that's where I met my darling wife. And I went out to Texas. Back in 1977, if you can believe there was such a time as that, way back in 1977, I went out to Texas to help Brother uh, Pruitt. His name was Lul. If you're wondering how to pronounce that, it's Lul. <laughs> if you still ain't got it figured out, it's Lul. <laughs> but, they, but because everybody else seemed to have trouble pronouncing it too, they called him L.L. L.L. Pruitt. And uh, one Sunday... Uh, one Sunday night, uh, he said he was the, I was helping him get a little church started there in Nacogdoches, and uh, there was about maybe a dozen of us there that Sunday night, and uh, he said, let's all stand up and sing, and his wife was sitting on the second row, and she said, maybe we don't feel like standing up, Brother Pruitt, <laughs> and so we, we didn't stand up, so. Uh, so maybe some of you are like, we don't really feel like standing up to read the Bible tonight, but we'll, we'll, we'll try to do that anyway. If you have your Bible, all right, okay, so you can turn with me, Brandon, to the book of what book? Isaiah. <laughs> We're still in Isaiah. Uh, we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 44. If you want to turn to Isaiah chapter number 44, we're going to, get, we're going to begin reading at verse number 13. And um, I am going to just take a few minutes tonight. I know uh, it's been a long day, and I know it's been a long week. And uh, so we're going to be kind to you, as kind as we can. we got a pretty good crowd on Sunday night. This it looks more like Wednesday, but for... Uh, for uh, the Sunday night after Bible school, uh, this looks really, really good because I know about 35 people that left uh, yesterday morning to go on vacation, uh, and so uh, probably more than that, but at least about 35 that left to go on vacation, uh, and so I'm glad for everyone that's here tonight. Praise God for you. We thank the Lord that you're here. So if you'll stand with us, please, in honor of the reading of the Word of God. Let me actually find the book of Isaiah 44. There we go. Verse number 13. The carpenter stretched out his rule. He marketh it out with a line. He fitteth it with planes. And he maketh it out with the compass. And maketh it after the figure of a man. According to the beauty of a man. That it may remain in the house. He heweth 
him down cedars and taketh the cypress uh, and the oak and he, uh, which he strengtheneth for himself among the trees of the forest. He planteth an ash and the rain doth nourish it. Then shall it be for a man to burn for he will take thereof and warm himself. Yea, he kindleth it and baketh bread. Yea, he maketh a god and worshipeth it. He maketh, at a great, uh, maketh it a graven image and falleth down thereunto. He burneth part thereof in the fire, and with part thereof he eateth flesh. He roasteth roast, and is satisfied, yea, and warmeth himself, and saith, Ah, I am warm, I have seen the fire. And the residue thereof he maketh a god. Even his graven image he falleth down unto it, and worshipeth it, and prayeth unto it, and saith, Deliver me, for thou art my God. Dear Lord, we pray that you would help us in the understanding of the word of God tonight. And uh, Lord, we pray that you would just give us the ability, uh, Lord, to focus our attention on the truth of Scripture for a little while tonight and draw something from it that might make a difference in our Christian life and in our Christian walk. We pray it in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, if you'll back up with me just a little bit to verse number 9, which is a, the verse that kind of introduced this is, introduces this whole section. In verse number 9, he says this. He says, They that make a graven image are all of them vanity, and their delectable things shall not profit, and they are their own witnesses. They see not, nor know that they may be ashamed. So as he introduces this uh, section on idolatry in uh, the book of Isaiah, chapter 44, uh, in verse number 9, he tells us that the idol maker is blind to his own foolishness and uh, he, uh, uh, he can't even see what it is that he's doing. It's, uh, it's vanity. Now the word vanity, we think of the word vanity as being pride. Uh, and uh, verse uh, number nine, they that make a graven image are all of them vanity. We think of that as being prideful and full of, uh, of uh, self-esteem and that kind of thing. But uh, in this particular context, this Hebrew word would actually mean emptiness or uselessness. He's, <laughs> and I want you to think about what he's saying there. Uh, Although it could be translated pride in some instances, and in this one it's, it's evidently uh, the sense of being useless. What he's saying is the man who spends his life making idols, he's, he's doing a useless work. He's doing a work that has no profit to him. Uh, I, I can't remember where I was the other day, but somebody kept talking about uh, you know, praying the prayers of Christ or the prayers of Buddha or the prayers of Muhammad and they just kept saying this phrase over and over and over lumping the three together and, and uh, uh, for the life of me <laughs> I wanted to say, hey, wait a minute yeah, this, is, this is not the same thing the prayers of, the prayers of idolaters are not the same as the prayers of God's people, God's Christian, born again, washed in the blood, saved on their way to heaven people. It's different. 
They may have a lot of the similarities. They may have many turn of phrases that sound similar. They may even be the, uh, the same in fervency uh, as earnestly as they pray. But I am here to tell you that the prayers to the idol produce nothing. Boy, you are really tired. I can't get a good hearty amen out of that. <laughs> I'll wake up your neighbor and uh, give him a good nudge. Uh, but the, 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 the prayers of God's people, is, it's different. It's totally different. It's a different thing altogether. Uh, the idol maker is blind, and he is, uh, uh, he is going about a work uh, that is useless. It has no, it has no profit to it. Uh, now let's look at the verses that we read. Look at verse number 13. The carpenter stretcheth out his rule. He maketh it out with a line. He fitteth it with planes. And he maketh it out with the compass. In other words, he uses the finest tools. Uh, and he maketh it after the figure of a man according to the beauty of a man that it may remain in his house. I want you to notice the form of the idol. Uh, the first thing I want you to notice is it's conceived in the mind of a man. In the, in, in the intellect of a man, he has come up with what he wants this idol to look like. He's, he's made it. And then he takes the finest of tools uh, and, uh, to, uh, to take what he has in his mind and construct it uh, to the way he wants it uh, to look. Uh, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell on myself a little bit here. Uh, last year... Uh, not too long before the Thanksgiving banquet, uh, we were at, uh, I think it's Hobby Lobby, and I bought, a, um, I bought a, uh, a cabin, you know, one of these little ones that you build. And, and I've built some stuff like that before, you know, a little bit. And so, uh, but I didn't get a chance to even open the box last year. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Helen said, you better open that thing up and take a look at it if you're gonna get it done. And uh, so, <laughs> So we were downstairs one night, we had the TV on, and, uh, and I got the table and put it up, and I got the box out and opened it up, and uh, I started pulling it, uh, you know, all of the pieces out, and I'm pulling the pieces out, pulling the pieces out, and my wife said, I, I think you're in trouble. <laughs> and I said, I know I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm telling you, uh, I've never seen so many pieces to one project in all of my life. And I've put together a lot of Christmas projects in my day. And uh, so I, as I looked at it, I was, I was spellbound at, uh, at the craftsmanship that went into producing the pieces and it the lack of craftsmanship that I have to try to put all those pieces together. It takes a real carpenter sometimes to do these things, does it not? It takes somebody that really knows what they're doing to produce uh, some of these things. And uh, this is a carpenter with a lot of wisdom that he's talking about in the book of Isaiah 44 and 13. This is a carpenter with a lot of wisdom, a lot of skill. He knows how to, listen, I read the, the book, the, part, the opening part of the book. It was talking about tools. I never even heard of the name of the tool. I mean, you know, let alone how to use it. So there are, there are tools that need to be used. And, 
that need to be put together. So it conceived in the mind of a man can be some amazing things. Amen. I mean, man can come up with some pretty uh, awesome things. But it's not God. His mind is not the mind of God, and what he produces does not represent God in any way, shape, form, or fashion. So it was conceived in the mind of man. But not only that, but it was made in the image of man, made after the beauty of a man. Notice what he says, maketh it after the figure of a man, according to the beauty of a man. The things that we count as beautiful in human in uh, 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 human complexion and uh, and uh, and beauty, that's what he had in mind when he was putting together his idol. Uh, he it was it was all conceived in his mind and from the beauty of humanity and made in the beauty of mankind. And then the notice the last thing he says in that verse that it may remain in the house. So he makes something that is literally an ornament for his home. Now, folks, there's a lot of Christians that their God is an awful like, like, like what is described here. Their, their, their God is, is, is an image that they have created. And it's like an adornment for their home. Now, look, my wife's got verses and, uh, and, uh, and crosses. and Anybody from Texas is going to have a lot of crosses. I'm just going to tell you right now. Uh, but anyway, uh, so uh, she's got all that in her home. But let me tell you something. God is not what we adorn in our home. Amen? It, it, that's not God. That, I mean, it, it, it's good sometimes to have these things on the wall or uh, on the shelf to remind us that we need to be praying, to remind us to read our Bible, uh, to point us toward Christ and God. But that's not our God. It's, a God is not an ornament for our home. And yet so many people believe that way. It seems to uh, draw from them because they have a cross, because they have a crucifix, because they have a picture of Jesus on the wall, they believe that somehow that picture or that cross or that crucifix is going to protect them. Sounds an awful lot like idolatry to me. Amen. The source of the idol, he heweth it down with... He heweth him down cedars, verse number 14, and taketh the cypress and the oak, which he strengtheneth for himself among the trees of the forest. He planteth an ash, and the rain doth nourish it. He takes from the trees of the forest that that is going to be his God. Now, I'm going to throw something out here, and some people, you know, you may take exception with it just a little bit, but I've heard a lot of people say, well, I can worship God better and nature, because I'm closer to God there. Nature is not God. Amen? It is not. Now, I've seen some beautiful sights. Uh, I have been to Niagara Falls twice. <laughs> uh, and I've, I've seen some beautiful sights. I've, I, 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 have, I have stood in awe of the handiwork of God, but I know... Uh, there's a place, I think it's one of the most beautiful places on the planet. It's a place called Port Judy, and it's in, uh, it's in Grenada. And you can see the Atlantic Ocean on the left and the Caribbean Sea on the right standing at one perspective. You can see them both at the same time. And you see these huge waves crashing against uh, the rocky shoreline on the left. 
And then you look to the right and you see this beautiful white sand and the, and the Caribbean Sea just very calmly and warmly lapping up to that beautiful white sandy beach. And if you look out at the, uh, into the middle, you can see the half turmoil, half, uh, half calm right in front of you. It is an amazing place. As beautiful it is as it is, that's not God. It is something beautiful that God has created, but it is not God. And we don't worship God by getting out in nature. Now, I, I enjoy being out there. I do. And, I, uh, and I, I, the times that I was uh, hiking the Appalachian Trail, that was part of the allure, was being out there uh, in places I'd never been on the trail and seeing things I'd never seen and experiencing the beauty of what God has created. It didn't make me any closer to God than at Nottingham Baptist Church on a Sunday night. Amen? The nature does not necessarily bring us closer to God. So he, it was of the trees of the forest. It was taken from nature. And then it was part of God's creation. It, he is taking something that God created. What did he say? What did Paul say? And worshiped the creature more than the creator. Worshiped the creation more than the one that created it. That's what he's talking about there. We need to be careful when we look at that because Isaiah is talking to the Jewish people. Yes, it's true, but he's also talking to me and you. Amen? And when he's talking to us, he's warning us uh, of how easy it is to fall prey to that. And then he says this in verse number 40, I mean in verse number 15 to 17, he says, Then shall it be for a man to burn. Now, I'm going to read the rest of these verses, these three verses, and then we're going to wrap it up. I told you it was going to be quick tonight, and we are, Lord willing. No rabbit chasing tonight. It's going to be quick. But before I read these three verses here, I, 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 just, I just want to say something. For a number of reasons, Isaiah is uh, my favorite Old Testament writer, and he's my Favorite, uh, favorite book in the Old Testament, probably my favorite book, uh, that and, of course, the Gospel of John, those two books, but uh, one of my very favorite books in all the Bible. And one of the reasons is because uh, even though Isaiah was writing thousands of years ago, okay, he was writing about, he was writing about 2,800 years ago, but I'm telling you, he can illustrate it for us as clearly and as plainly uh, as if he were living today. And especially right here. Listen to the words that he writes and then tell me that it doesn't just pop out the foolishness that he's trying to reveal. Look at this. Notice what he says. Then shall it be for a man to burn. For he will take thereof and warm himself. Yea, he kindleth it and bakes bread. Yea, he maketh a god and worshipeth it. He maketh a graven image and falleth down thereunto. He burneth part thereof in the fire, and part thereof he eateth flesh, or he, he uses it to cook with. He roasteth roast and is satisfied. Yea, he warmeth himself and saith, oh, I am warm, I have seen the fire. And the residue thereof 
He maketh a God. Even his graven image, he falleth down unto it, and he worships it, and prayeth unto it, and saith, Deliver me, for thou art my God. Doesn't that sound pretty stupid to you? It really sounds crazy that you would go out and cut a tree in your backyard and you would cut up half of it and use it for firewood to heat your home and to bake your bread and then you'd take the other half and you'd form it into a god and put it up in your house and fall down and worship it. That's, it's, the, it's the craziest thing you've ever heard when you read the way Isaiah has put it here. Remember what he said in verse number 9. We started with 9. We're going to end with 9. Let's go back to verse number 9. They that make, graven, that make a graven image, all of them are vanity, and their delectable things shall not profit. And they are their own witnesses. They're their own false witnesses, actually, you could say. They see not, nor know, nor know that they may be ashamed. They, they're blinded to it. It's their own blindness. We're living in a world, especially in the Western world, that is blinded to the most obvious things that you could ever know. I mean, really, seriously. I mean, th th think about what's happening in our world right now Today, I don't usually point things out like this too too much. Uh, I try not to. I try to stay non-political as much as I can. But we have a deputy secretary of health at the federal level working in Washington that was born a man and dresses like a woman. In federal office, in the United States, maybe you haven't thought of it lately. That's crazy. Folks, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm not, I may get in trouble for it. I don't know. But you know what? I really don't care. Because anybody that has a problem with that, they, they're not seeing the world clearly. You know? They're wanting me to go to counseling because I can't accept it. Right? Whatever that is, that needs to go to counseling. Not me and you. We, we, don't, have, we don't have a problem with reality. Amen? Yeah. That's exactly what Isaiah is saying about those who worship idols. They have to be willingly blind. They, they have to just... You know, they just have to put all logic aside to worship a stock of wood. Amen? They really do. But I'm here to tell you that I serve a risen Savior. And he's in the world today. And I know that he is living, whatever men may say. <laughs> I... See his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. My friend, I know this Savior. 
I know him personally. I know him well. And I don't need counseling because of it. I have been delivered from false reality because I have come into contact with the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Folks, we're sometimes like the salmon swimming upstream. <laughs> we're, it, 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 it's a little bit of a tough world these days. Seems like the... It, I, I want to say this too. I said I was going to close right now, but let me just say this a little bit more. Sometimes it really seems like we're swimming upstream and it really seems like all of our cultural world is against us. But let me tell you something. Hollywood has a monopoly on entertainment and, uh, and, uh, and television and, uh, and those in charge of that have a, uh, have, they kind of have a monopoly on the news media. And I'm going to tell you, there's a whole lot more people who love God and believe God and follow God and are looking at this world and thinking, thinking that it's gone crazy a whole lot more than the media and the, uh, and the news media and the entertainment world would have you to believe. We are not alone in this. We have brothers and sisters in Christ who see the truth and know the truth. Not just one, not just two. You remember what he told Elijah? He said, Elijah, look, look, look. You say you are the only one. But I got 7,000 that haven't bowed the knee to Baal. Amen? God's army is always bigger than the world would guess. His power is always greater than they would estimate. And his wisdom goes far deeper than they can ever comprehend. Dear Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to bring the message tonight. Pray you'd use it in our heart and life. Lord, I want to thank you for each and every one of the workers uh, that participated this long week in Bible school. I want to thank you for the, for the reality that we had at least one saved, we know. And Lord, then we thank you for those two that were saved this morning. But we thank you for all of the work. Over 75 workers giving of themselves freely and willingly to the work of Christ this past week. Give them strength. Give them help. And then, Lord, we pray you'd take this message and encourage us with its truth. Lord, the world may be blinded, but, Lord, you have opened our eyes. We have come to you and drawn near to you in salvation. And in so doing, you have opened our eyes to the truth. And the Word of God is now a living Word and a powerful Word. And Lord, we want to walk with you and talk with you day by day. Speak to us now, we pray, and we'll be careful to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for all you do among us. For we make our prayer in Jesus' name, for His sake. Amen. Let's stand together. If the Lord is dealing with you, don't wait, don't put it off. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure That He would give His only Son To make a wretch His treasure How great the pain of searing the Father turns His face away As wounds which mar the chosen one
Bring many sons to glory. Behold the man upon the cross. My sin upon his shoulders. Ashamed I hear my mocking voice call out among the scars. 